we can't divide the business between our enterprise and uh, non-enterprise customers. The enterprise is about 800 customers and non-enterprise is about 4,000 customers. Okay. And when you look at kind of the average price points on both of those, what are they on average, would you say? So on the enterprise side, it's about 12 to 15K. And then on the non-enterprise side, it's about 450 bucks, I think. Sorry, four, 450 per year? Yeah. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like... Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Vic Boscaran. He is the founder of Question Pro, a bootstrap 20 million run rate startup that is, helps companies measure and transform experiences. Vivek, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. Let's right. do this. You're my man. I love bootstrap. This is great. When did you launch the company? What year? Uh, originally, I started the company in 2005. Uh, then I took a break between 2010 and 2014, and I've been running the company since back from since 2015 onwards. Okay. What, uh, what drove the break? I wanted to do a couple other startups. So I started another company called IdeaScale, uh, and that's grown to about 7 million bucks. So, and then I decided to kind of come back and run Question Pro again. Okay. So 2005 was launch date. Um, and how many customers are you now serving today? Uh, we kind of divide the business between our enterprise and uh, non-enterprise customers. The enterprise is about 800 customers and non-enterprise is about 4,000 customers. Okay. And when you look at kind of the average price points on both of those, what are they on average, would you say? So on the enterprise side, it's about 12 to 15K. And then on the non-enterprise side, it's about 450 bucks, I think. Sorry, 450 per year? Yeah, 450 per year. Okay, okay, got it. And then so when you you said right now, you just passed a $20 million run rate last month? Yep. You cut out, sorry, yes. Yeah, for this calendar year, will be around. Yeah, so the error for this calendar year will be in the, the 18 to $20 million range. So just to make sure I understand what you're saying, you're saying in December of this year, you will hit 1.6 million a month in revenue, which is equivalent to a $20 million run rate. Yep. And where were you exactly a year ago? A year we were about doing about 15.5. We were about like, you know, less than about just about a million and one in run rate per month. Yep. And is all that SaaS revenue? So about 35. So we are going at about 30, 30, 35%. Um, not bad for a SaaS company, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, 90% of it is SaaS revenue. We do a little bit of services uh, for our enterprise clients. Um, and we kind of layer that in on top and, and walk me through. So you bootstrapped, I mean, how'd you resist the temptation to raise? I'm sure you got outreach all the time. Actually, uh, back when I started the company, it was not cool to raise, I guess I honestly do be brutally honest with you guys. Uh, 
I just stumbled into more customers. Customers gave me more money and I never looked back, frankly. Um, back in the day, I think when we started the company, we started off the first year, I think we made like 200K and the next year we made 800. The year after we made 1.5 million. And so we just kind of kept going that way. We didn't go out and raise money uh, because, and we were super profitable from day one. Uh, you know, you know, we're, we're pretty profitable even today. We run at about, you know, 15 to 20% margins. Um, and then back then we were, you know, back when I started the company, we were running almost at 50, 60% margins at that time. So, uh, so the need for raise wasn't there. Um, we were making money. And so we decided to kind of you know, stick to our game plan and, and service the customer. And instead of servicing the investors, we decided to service the customer. And so just to be clear on 1.5 million a month right now in revenue, if you're taking 15 to 20% to the bottom line per month, you basically have $200,000 in free cash flow monthly that you're trying to figure out what to do with. Yeah, we have got a, you know, we, we do acquisitions using that money. We've done, a, we've done a couple of acquisitions. Tell me about the last one you did. Uh, the one is a company called WorkXO. Um, a guy by the name of Charlie, he developed this model for employee engagement and employee culture measurement um, using surveys, actually, uh, to figure out, you know, what, you know, how do you define culture and how do you measure culture within an organization? So, uh, and he currently runs our kind of employee engagement practice altogether. Um, so we, we, we acquired WorkXO about a year and change ago right now, almost, almost 18 months ago now. Mm-hmm. And were you buying a revenue stream there or just a tech stack? Uh, tech stack and uh, and people and talent. Um, Charlie's an amazing guy, and he's been the how CSRO many people, of, how many people were there? Uh, about three three guys, pretty small company. Three guys, Charlie and a couple other guys. Okay. And was the company pre revenue or they doing revenue? A uh, very tiny bit of revenue. It's really talent acquisition as well as kind of access to access to the, access to their technology realistically. And that cost you cash, or was it you just skim stock in question pro basically? Yeah. So cash plus stock. Nobody wants you to just do an all stock deal. I mean, nobody that depends. Wants to, um, maybe. I mean, uh, le- le- by us. the way, like less than 500 grand in cash. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, so. and, and so, I mean, look, I, I want to understand more about how you're driving growth, uh, but help me understand once you land people, I mean, are they being, are they sticky? What's, what's your gross revenue churn look like over the past 12 months? Yeah. So the enterprise, uh, the enterprise side is super sticky, obviously. And that's why we layer in the services. So I think layering, layering in services makes, you know, makes, you know, makes the customer stick, um, to a, to a very large extent. So on the enterprise side, our kind of, you know, retention, uh, net revenue retention is 110% effectively. So we usually make more money from a customer every year. Uh, but, but, but peel that uh, onion back though, right? So gro- that's made up from gross revenue churn and then expansion to get to 110. So what are gross revenue churn and expansion? So the gross revenue churn, so unit churn is about, on the enterprise side, is about 90%, 90%. So no, but ignore retain. unit churn because that doesn't matter for you. Your ARPUs are so different. Just look at revenue churn. Right. So on the revenue side, we are, we are you know, for, for every customer, for, from a revenue perspective, we grow accounts by about 30% effectively. Um, our goal is to grow every account by about 30%. So if you paid me a dollar yesterday, I'm going to try to make a dollar 30 out of you this year and dollar 60 and $2 out of you. And you said net year. revenue okay. retention is 110%? Yep. Okay. So if that's the case, right? 110% minus 30% expansion, right? That would mean your, your gross revenue churn is about 20%. That's how you get the 10% net revenue retention number, correct? Yep. Okay. Interesting. And most of that revenue churn, um, is it, I mean, it could be split evenly between both cohorts. Uh, what do you mean? Two words: the the enterprise, the and enterprise, the SMB. No, no, this I'm talking about the really the enterprise side. The SMB, you know, SMB we lose a lot more customers, so SMB more likely it's like you know we the revenue. No, but Vivek, sorry, we're talking past each other. I, I, okay, number of customers does not matter when you're talking about revenue churn. No, we divide the business between the revenue, the enterprise business, and then the. I, I understand that. Separate. 
I get okay. that. What I'm saying is revenue churn though is specifically for these use cases where there you could have a thousand logos that make it 1% of the revenue. So if they all churned, right? And that's like 100% logo churn or 90% logo churn, but they only made up 1% of the revenue, it doesn't matter. That's why we look at revenue churn. So what I'm looking at is across the entire business, gross revenue churn annually is it sounds like about 20%. Yeah, well, we don't look at the entire business in one shot. We always split it up. If you look, if you ask me, like, okay, we made we made twenty million bucks, out of which I would say fifteen million dollars was from the for the enterprise business and five million from the non enterprise business. Realistically, uh, the reason we do it that way is simply because the businesses are so distinct. The operating models are extremely distinct. One is a pure the five million dollars on the bottom line. The bottom side is like pure SaaS, kind of like you know people come in, buy the product, use their credit card. Whereas the 15 million bucks on the top is really around enterprise. Realistically, it's a more a hand-to-hand comeback. We have account managers, customer success people. So how many people are on the team today, full-time? Uh, about 140 people. All up. How many are quota-carrying reps? Uh, so about 40, 35, 40 um, okay. sales folks. And how many engineers? About, again, 40, 40, 45-ish. Fair enough. That's yeah. good. So when you take into account those those quota carrying reps plus any other kind of acquisition you're doing, what does your fully weighted cost look like to get a new fifteen thousand dollar a year enterprise customer? So yeah, I mean, I think our kind of CAC approximately is, you know, I think our analysis is somewhere in the in the in the six to eight thousand dollar range. You know, in terms of getting people into the into the door. Um, and uh, one of the things, you know, we don't do a ton of kind of outbound, mar- you know, we do a ton of outbound marketing. We don't do kind of, we've not gone into kind of like hardcore outbound sales um, right now. So we do a lot of kind of marketing work that brings in traffic. Um, a lot of our work is through SEO and, you know, that's kind of, that has been our driver for our business for a long, long time. Um, in so get, of, give me, get, dive into that. that for a second. So name like sure. an SEO keyword that performs extremely well for you. Uh, question types, for example, you know, people are looking for different types of question types. You're number one for survey question types, survey um, question we, types. Okay. Yep. Or survey question types itself or survey design. We're within the top 10 for survey design. Maybe, um, these are high traffic words that drive a lot of traffic. Uh, granted, a lot of it is not buyer intent. They're more informational intent, uh, around it. Um, so so I would say, you know, the, the the tougher keywords are obviously survey software, voice of the customer survey. These are obviously extremely competitive and they're slightly more difficult to get to uh, on the top. Um, and and but there are kind of a whole long tail of kind of secondary keywords that we 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 rank on. Yeah, I mean, so so looking at like survey questions types, right, or examples, the volume monthly on that keyword is called like twelve thousand or so. Survey Monkey has that that top spot there, uh, and then you've got Type Form you're competing with as well. You're in the fourth or fifth spot. I mean, are there are there ways for you to milk more out of that? Can you get ahead of Type Form and Survey Monkey, or it's just too difficult? No, we were. We used to be at some point. I mean, they've kind of obviously beaten up. It's a cat and mouse game, obviously. So we used to be number one for survey design, survey questions back in you know a couple of years ago, and they've kind of obviously kind of you know gotten ahead of us in a couple of different areas. Um, so I think another you know, interesting stat is kind of around around especially around SEO is that you know you know a lot of you know a lot of new keywords are coming online every day. So effectively, you know, people are looking for voice of the customer survey or customer experience survey, and all these kind of new keywords are coming online. So we can fight those battles over there. Uh, the other thing that I've invested in is kind of global expansion. Uh, so we have a business in uh, we have a we have an office in Latin America, uh, rather Mexico, that serves the Latin America business in a place called Merida uh, in near Cancun in Mexico. 
uh, that you know then we kind of dominate kind of you know that area and it's much easier to do SEO in Spanish than to do SEO in English so there's a there's an entire team uh, that is kind of you know operating in that uh, so add all this all add all these tactics together total organics to the to the site each month is about how much uh, I don't know the top of my head to be honest with you sorry what about, about new so, trials uh, so we do about 4,000, 5,000 new trials per month. Okay. And about, how about, about 10% convert to paid? Uh, no, no, less than that. So we, we have a lot of information. So we about we convert about 2% to 2.5%. So we're not converting at 10%. We're converting at 2% effectively. Okay, so what is that? About about 80 new customers per month? Yeah, about 100-ish, I think, uh, on, the, on, the, on the floor. Uh, but our kind of ticket really, is, as you can see in the market, in, in the space, really, like, you know, that's why we distinctly divide the enterprise and the, what we call the self-service business. So it's the you know, there's an output jump of, you know, over $10,000 if you think about it, right? So, you know, on this side, I'm making about three to 400 bucks a pop. And that side, we're making 12 grand a pop, realistically, right? So, so our goal is to kind of, we don't care about the bottom part as much as we can. We want to convert most of these folks into the, onto the, onto the enterprise side. Are you in acquisition talks right now in terms of anyone buying Question Pro? No. Uh, we're in talks with a couple of private equity firms to help us kind of scale up um, from 20 million to 100 million. Um, what we think we need is kind of, you know, other, other acquisitions, revenue acquisitions. So most of the acquisitions we've done so far, our kind of product, like you, like we talked about earlier, our product and uh, and people acquisitions, but not necessarily you know growing revenue effectively. So, but that's kind of the next phase of our of our business. I what think. would the we, perfect we deal? What would the perfect deal with a private equity firm look like? Uh, it's a primary secondary deal. So obviously, we've been running the company for quite a quite a while. That's why we're not going to talk into venture firms. Venture firms want to, you know, there's a lot of people who want to put money into this, but they want, you know, 100% of the money to go into the company. Uh, at this point, given kind of where we are, we want to take out, you know, half the half the cash out, half, no, cash out half our chips, and then put a bunch of money into the company and try to. Grow of what si- What would the ideal round size be? Uh, so somewhere between thirty to fifty million dollars is probably what what will make sense for us because you know we have a couple of you know, five million bucks in the bank, frankly, at, at this point to to do deals uh, of our own. But we want we want somebody with like a little bigger bigger kind of checkbook that can that can help us, you know, frankly acquire revenue at, at a much larger scale. Yep. Uh, so just to be clear, if you go go do a race from a private equity firm and raise between thirty and fifty million, you're saying you'd love to take about fifty or half that, fifty percent of that to yourself, early shareholder, or early and, employees. And my, and my, yeah, exactly. And, and cash out all the early employees. At least half of their stock is cashed out, and then then we kind of put a plan together to go out and buy a couple other companies and kind of grow, you know, blow up the business. Mm-hmm. What? Um, obviously, you're still negotiating this, right? But what? What? Like, how little of the company do you think you can sell if you go get a fifty million dollar round done? I think they'll want. I think at that rate, they're very likely most of, most folks want to have some control premium, so they they'll they'll want to you know, control at least 60 percent of the company. Okay, so and you think you'll have to sell? 20%. You'll think you'll have yeah. to sell like sixty percent of the company for fifty million? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's only giving you a valuation of I mean, a hundred million bucks. Basically, you're doing twenty million right now. That's only a five x multiple on a company growing thirty five percent year over year, bootstrapped. Is that undervalued? Yeah, maybe uh, you could argue it's undervalued, but that's kind of that's what I've talked to a few folks, and a few folks are willing to do that kind of a deal right now. Um, if we were growing slightly higher, I think we, were, you know, we would probably command a better premium. Simply put, uh, I will tell you we we've not kind of we probably underinvested in marketing. Uh, obviously, you know, if people look at look at the space and look at you know SurveyMonkey and Qualtrics and and so on, and they say like, okay, you are you are you are a much smaller player in this larger market. Uh, we just it is probably true, frankly, uh, and so we want to kind of you know. Uh, figure out a way to kind of get our profile up 
Uh, if we were if we were a little bit more visible, then I think we could have control of a better premium. But obviously, we're not. Do you definitely want to raise this as equity? Would you ever raise debt? Uh, no, debt would be a tough one for me to swallow because we we like our kind of current kind of mechanism where we we keep most of the money and we use the money for acquisitions. So if we're going to start having debt, then not at all start making debt payments and all that stuff. Granted, I have some cash sitting on the other side, uh, but I, I would probably not go down that route. Given well, Vic, let me let me so give far. you an, let me give you an example, right? If if yeah, you, sure, if, sure, you sure. if you put this five million to work. Right. There's tons of deals I'm seeing right now where companies are doing exactly what you're doing, but they're only like when you buy a house, they're only fronting 10% of the equity. So you're going to get, let's see, you could work with a debt firm right now and get, you know, 10 X leverage on your 5 million. So basically 50 million in cash to go to acquisitions on just the five you're holding in the bank and go do those. So you're buying revenue streams without using your own money. Would you ever do that? Uh, good point. Actually, to be honest with you, I've not thought about it that way. Um, Cause you know, then you, don't have, then you don't have to sell 60% of the company. Uh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, this seems obvious to me, but I'm sure you yeah. see it. Yeah. I mean, the debt deals uh, get slightly more complicated. So far, we've not, I mean, frankly, even on the PE side, we've not really like, like dug ourselves into it because we are, you know, we have money, we are making money and we are kind of focused on kind of trying to grow it. You know, there's a lot of time that we spend on just trying to grow it at, you know, you know 30% itself. That itself is a, you know, a reasonable amount of work that we are, we are working on. Uh, and that's, uh, that is, that is, that is a, that's a fight and a battle that we are, we are fighting already. Uh, so going back to your point, I mean, you do have a point on the debt side, to be honest with you, on the financing side, we have not thought about it that, that deeply or that creatively, frankly. Uh, and so, I mean, you, you raise good points, but, um, so, and that's something that, you know, probably I should consider and which I don't, I haven't considered realistically. Well, listen, I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a big, great deal together for you. I'm not a broker, so you can't pay me any <laughs> fees, but if I get a deal done for you, I want a big, beautiful golden money truck in front of my house when it's all done. Okay. It's paint. No, I'll spray paint golden. I'll spray paint golden money. Back into <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give you something instead of a money truck. Do you know what an auto rickshaw is by any chance? No, tell yeah. me. Uh, a rickshaw. Google it up. Rickshaws are those three-wheeled uh, motorcycles that that run in Thailand and India. Have you seen? Have you heard of them? Sounds like a death so, trap, Vic. I would drive that thing, and I would. Kill no, myself. we have one in San Francisco. We have one in San I imported one in San Francisco. I'll send you a link to it. I, I have one of those. I, I live in San Francisco <laughs> and I, I drive that around in San Francisco. I have it. So I'll send you it one. It can handle the hills? Uh, not all the hills, no. Of course not. <laughs> so you have, to, gotta, you have to pick and choose what hills you go up. No shit. Then you got to figure out how you, you know, you got you to gotta have a special map to figure out how you go around town. <laughs> Um, I live in Los Altos, so I right, can I go back and forth. So, so, so it's, it's actually fine for, 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 you know, inside city driving. That but it's, is it's, funny. It's, we, we registered as a, as a, as a three wheeled motorcycle. So we imported it from India. We, we wrapped it with our question for a brand and we ride it around and it's, it's a hood actually. That is hysterical. All right. Good stuff, man. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, principles by Ray Dalio. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, he's crushing it. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Uh, I think uh, email marketing. I, I wouldn't say like a tool, but any all email marketing tools. I'm like infatuated with email marketing tools because B two B email marketing works really, really. Is that really your well. next acquisition? Email marketing tool? Uh, not really, not really. I mean, there are tons of email uh, email marketing tools. I don't, I don't think there's any synergies between what we do and email marketing in general. Uh, we don't, we sell to a different buyer, quite frankly. So, so we sell into research and customer experience, not necessarily marketing. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I think I get eight. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, and what's your, sure. what's your situation? Married, single kids? 
uh, married two amazing kids, 11-year-old and a nine-year-old, two, two daughters. So God, backpacking, uh, road tripping all the time. So you know, I love that. Life is, life, life is good. And it how old are you, Vivek? Two daughters. I'm 43. 43. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, hustle harder. Simple. <laughs> right? Simple. Guys, there you have it. Founded in 2005, Question Pro, now doing $20 million in ARR up from $15 million just about a year ago, all bootstrapped, which I love, taking 15 to 20% in free cash flow every year to the bottom line, or said differently, about $200,000 in cash every month to the bottom line, reinvesting that in acquisitions. $5 million in the bank right now, a team of 140 people, 110% net revenue retention, looking at doing a deal with a private equity firm between for between 30 and $50 million bucks to sell between 50 and 60% of the company, potentially to go out and fund more acquisitions and scale. All right, Vivek, thank you for taking us to the top. All right. Thanks, man. Take it easy.